You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Thank you for joining today. Is the Bible the actual word of God? In other words, is it man-made or did God inspire those who wrote the scripture and therefore he's given us his words so that we can be set up for success on this earth and for all eternity? Well, this has been a question that many have debated for centuries. However, in the time that we're in right now, it's become quite a hot button issue as people are trying to dismiss the Bible, saying it's man-made and we don't have to adhere to what scripture says, the law of God and the law of, you know, the Ten Commandments and all the different things that are in the Scripture, which, honestly, as a Christian, we should be living in accordance to the Scripture. That's what the Bible says. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. But there are people that are pushing the envelope on this, even in the church. There are pastors that have been studied in a recent study, in a recent uh, uh, poll that was taken, where a good portion, you won't believe this, but it's true, of pastors say that they believe that the Bible is not 100% from God. Now, that is absurd, and any pastor that says that shouldn't be a pastor, but I'm just telling you this is becoming more and more real as the generation of young leaders are being raised up right now in some of these seminaries and places where, unfortunately, they are watering down the Bible and they are putting in just that little bit of reasonable doubt to allow these folks to question if the Bible is in fact truly inspired from God. So we have to have this conversation. And I know some of you listening say, well, that's not me, so I'm not going to listen to today's broadcast. But you know what? I would implore you to do so because here's the thing. This, this is going to come up. It's going to come up more and more. And as a Christian, we're going we're gonna to have to defend the faith. What do I mean by that? Well, our society is continuing to go off the moral abyss and in order to do so, that the leftists and the, the globalists and those who see no wrong in having uh, children sitting at a drag queen story hour, or those who see no wrong in pushing the envelope next to have it be minor attraction, that's what they're calling pedophilia now, uh, you know, a person who has minor attraction, they're going to keep pushing. It, it doesn't stop. And I know you know that. But it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop where we are right now, even though where we are right now is a very moral, decrepit place as a society. And it's gotten so bad that you can't even go on a, a Netflix or an Amazon Prime or a streaming platform without seeing almost every single movie and television show that's on there has some type of demonic element. I mean, it's pretty remarkable, even, even the ones that are for kids. I mean, we just saw the recent Barbie movie where they had a transgender that was one of the actors. Uh, this, is, this is becoming more and more in our face. It, it, they continue to push just in every different area, whether it's in the curriculums in schools or at your job with the diversity boards that they have. And, and they're trying to tell us that, you know, white people are inherently racist. I mean, we can just go on and on and on with all the, the madness that the far left is pushing in America, but not just in America, in Canada, in Israel, in, in Europe, all around the globe. 
And so this is demonic. That's what's happening. It's demonic. And of course, as this whole woke agenda and woke narrative, and there are many aspects and elements of the whole woke uh, agenda, which is demonic, uh, of course they're going to be pushing to confuse folks and just as in a court of law to put in what they would consider to be a reasonable doubt in your head to let you know that indeed God is dead, according to them. Not true. God is very much alive. God is real. God is sitting on the throne. He's never stepped down from the throne. He is, he is all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, omnipotent. He's willing to move. He wants to move today. He wants to move in your life. He inhabits the praise of his people. He responds to the prayers of the righteous. But he is looking for a people that will trust him and that will come out from among the Babylon system. And in order for us to do this, I'm telling you, This is one of the most important aspects of your walk in Jesus Christ is knowing and loving the word of God. The word is a lamp unto our feet. The word is the sword of the spirit. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. There's an attack on the word of God. They don't want you in the word of God. In this last year, think about some of the things that we've talked about. We we, we cover a, a myriad of things. We cover a plethora. And the deal is this, though, okay, is that when I come out with certain things, like, like a broadcast where we talk about how I believe that the Q, the QAnon, you know, it's not really QAnon, it's Q, but that narrative, actually, I think it was a psychological warfare operation against the Patriots. While there was elements of truth and, and people that followed Q were not bad people, what ended up happening is that there was a mixture, there was a, a, a synchronism of some new age in there, and there was... There was also a lot of hopium and things that didn't actually happen that kept folks, uh, you know, mesmerized and, and thinking something was going to happen. All they had to do was sit back and eat popcorn and, and watch the show. And now we find ourselves in a very dangerous place. We just celebrated 9-11. And uh, every year when we do that, I, I just think about, you know, all the things that have happened since that time. The erosion of our freedoms the erosion of our rights, the erosion of our religious liberties. So we have to be spiritually astute. We've got to be alert. We've got to, we've got to have discernment. We've got to be able to go to the Holy Spirit in order for us to understand how God thinks and who God is, other than having an active prayer life, which is equally important, I believe, a daily relationship with God where we wake up in the morning, we start praying, we go to bed, and we're praying. We're, we're, throughout the day, we're praying and having conversation with the Most High God. But being in His Word is going to be that lamp unto your feet that guides us and knows how God thinks and knows who God is because it shows us very clearly. And people are all like, well, I want a word. I need a word. Well, If you get into the Word of God, I'm telling you, you're going to get a word. I'm telling you, there's so much in there. I'm going to read some scripture later on in the broadcast that's going to blow your mind. It's, it's like it's written exactly for what's happening right now. This is the Bible. It's living. And it, and it shows us what we need to do. And that's why we teach directly from the Bible. Now, do I believe in the prophetic? I do. I think that there's prophetic voices out there that are sounding the alarm, that are you know, telling the people they need to repent, that, that are giving biblical example and, and, and speaking from the mouth of God. But then there's others out there that are showmen. And we talk about this a lot. 
And, and so this is where, it, again, it goes back to see all these things that are distractions for Christians that many have been caught up in, that many have got distracted from, you know, from actual biblical Christianity. They've gotten distracted in, in some of these areas where the devil wants to trap us so that we are looking here instead of looking into the word. Looking over there, looking, you know, distracted so that we're, we have to listen to this person to hear what this latest prophecy is that this person comes out with on their daily broadcast. So instead of running to the word of God and the scripture, instead of running to prayer, instead of asking the Lord and seeking his heart and hearing his voice, as the scripture says, my sheep hear my voice, people are distracted and they think they got to hear from this person and that's become their Bible. Well, that's exactly what the devil wants. The devil wants us to be distracted from the word. The devil doesn't want us to be in the word, knowing the word, hiding it in our heart, growing deeper in our faith. I, I would go as far to say that some of these folks, unfortunately, are so distracted with some of this stuff that's going on out there right now with the, with the social media, internet people that have daily words and all this stuff, that that's, that's literally impeding them from getting into the scripture. And there may be a time when, when they, they, on these apps, they're already doing it, changing certain parts of scripture. Make, you know, what if we're in a society like China where they start making it illegal at some point? Oh, the Bible's actually hate speech, so we're going to ban it. Oh, you think that hasn't happened before? It's happened many times. History tends to repeat itself. Look at the woke mob. What they, would, they would love to do that right now if they could get away with it. But praise God, there's many people that would stand up and say no at this point. So, this is the, 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 the direction they're pushing us, though. And so this is why we've got to go through today what biblical scholars and Christians believe, which is what I believe, what you believe, that the Bible is, in fact, the Word of God. It's based on several lines of evidence, including historical, textual, theological aspects, and why it's important for us to note that this is a matter of faith. And I'm going to give the arguments to equip you and set you up for success in case you've doubted, but even if you haven't, so that you can have this conversation with folks as this battle heats up over the Bible. Because trust me, it's going to heat up. It's already heating up. Is the Bible real? Are you sure God inspired these folks? Are you sure that it's not just some man-made thing? Just think about it. And they're going to try to bring forth some, some evidence that they have. You know, scientific evidence. Well, this is probably new evidence. The Bible is not real. New evidence. I'm telling you, this is what's coming. It's already here. So we're going we're gonna to get into this argument. I highly implore you, every believer, to stay tuned. PastorTodd.org will be right back. All right, thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. We're all around the world right now live, and uh, we are excited about getting deeper into truth, righteousness, the word of God, and this subject matter today, which I think it's so important, is the Bible actually the word of God? Well, of course, the answer is yes, but we're going to lay out the case of why. And so this is a very important segment right now. We're going to start laying out that case. Number one is historical accuracy. The Bible contains numerous historical accounts that absolutely 100% align with archaeological and historical findings. For example, events like uh, the, the reign of specific kings, battles that took place, and the existence of certain cities have been corroborated by archaeological 
evidence lending extreme credibility to the Bible's historical accuracy. Now, you got to think about this. In the time when the scripture was written, there was not uh, an internet. There was not cell phones. There was not anything connecting people, phones, nothing. So when people were writing, it was based on, you know, what they saw, what they knew to be true. Absolute, you know, look, this is what happened. They, they, they wrote it down. Scribes, uh, folks in that time that were writing down the account of what they witnessed or what happened in that time period. And as time has gone on, which is very, very, this should assure you, uh, because this is, this is pretty important here. Uh, I wrote a book recently, Come Out From Among Them, which is available at PastorToddBook.com, Come Out From Among Them. And I will tell you something about my book is that even in a couple of years, there will be things that will be outdated in it, you know. Um, there will be things that I'm talking about right now that, you know, when I wrote the book, it was what was happening. But, you know, it, it later on, uh, there will probably be some updates and things and, you know, and, and, and it'll be outdated. But the Bible is never outdated. That's what's so amazing about it is even as time goes on, and, you know, we find out information and things like that. It just confirms what, what the Bible said. So that's what's so amazing about scriptures. In a, in, a, in a time many, many years ago when they didn't have the data and, you know, the different science that we have now and, um, you know, archaeological understanding and, and just different things that we use to measure things, uh, all these different things from a scientific standpoint, they actually confirm what the Bible says, not to mention, you know, historically, it, it corroborates and it corroborates, you know, so it's, in other words, it's, it's exactly what um, the Bible said, it just proves it's right. So this is important, because if it wasn't historically accurate, I think that that would definitely raise question and doubt. Because of course, then we would say, well, why would it be wrong when this is actually what happened? So it's important that historically it's correct, but it is. So I think that's a very, very important thing. Number two, this is extremely important, especially in an hour of internet profits and just a bunch of people that are building their own kingdoms and raising themselves up. And, uh, you know, it's just we got to be very careful who we listen to, the voices that we listen to, test the spirits. Uh, there's all different types of people. I, I know this uh, This one guy's out there saying there's like this third eye, he's supposed to be a Christian. It's a totally heretical um, you know, the theology, it's not true. Uh, in other words, it's not biblically sound doctrine, but yet he's out there saying that there's other people out there. This one guy's saying, uh, that Gentiles don't need to repent. I don't know where he gets that from, but that's totally false according to the scripture. So there's a lot of false teaching out there. A lot of false people that say they're Christian and they're coming in the name of Christ, but then they're teaching things that are outside of what the scripture teaches us. But in the Bible, there is a fulfillment of prophecies. In fact, the Bible contains many prophecies and many have been fulfilled in a remarkably accurate manner. For example, the Old Testament contains numerous prophecies about the coming Messiah, which we know is Jesus Christ. And that suggests a a divine source of knowledge, of course. How would they have known? How would they have known that he would come from the root of David? How, How would they have known all the different many, many, many layers and aspects of prophecy that led up to the Messiah. And yet Jesus came and didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it, and he did just that. He also fulfilled biblical prophecy. There, there's so many prophecies. Even just think about uh, the rebirth of the nation of Israel that just happened in, in, in the last century. 
you know, we're, we're witnessing prophecy before our eyes taking place, even alignments right now. I mean, there's so many different things. I can't even keep up because they're happening faster and faster. And so it's not in, in any way going against what the scripture said. If anything, it just continues to confirm and affirm the, the realness of what the scripture said, the accuracy of the Bible. This should be something that as a Christian, we are encouraged about. This is, this is God doing what he said he was going to do. That He is not a man that he should lie. He's not a liar. God tells the truth. Jesus is the truth. His word is the truth. And the Bible says it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We also know the word became flesh and dwelt among them. Jesus is the word. He is the fulfillment of prophecy. And the Bible contains so many accurate prophecies. Honestly, it would take us a long time to compile them all because there's so many. Maybe we can try to attempt to do that at some point soon. Number three, there's a consistency across the text. Despite being written by multiple authors over centuries, the Bible maintains a consistent theological message. And it's this continuity that suggests and, and, and confirms divine inspiration, guiding the authors of the scripture. We know that these men were divinely inspired. God knew what he was doing. He wanted us to have the word, what I often call the basic instructions before leaving earth, but I think it's better than basic. It's, it's very, very deep, very deep instructions before leaving earth. It gives us everything that we need to be set up for success, all the tools. It is the sword of the spirit. It is the offensive weapon in the armor. It allows us to maneuver in a way that we win the battle every single time. We recently did uh, many broadcasts on exposing Satan's playbook, and we take directly from Scripture how to defeat the enemy in our own life. You can go to my podcast and, and listen to those. Very important subject matter, especially for believers to understand. The consistency across the text. I mean, that's not something, look, have you ever played the, the game of telephone? I mean, it's not something that we normally do as humans. I mean, you get through two or three people and usually the stories completely change. Not in the scripture. There's continuity. That's because it's divinely inspired by God. Number four, there's a transformational impact. The Bible has a profound impact on all of us on cultures, on societies, throughout history. And the teachings from the Bible have shaped moral and ethical systems and have inspired countless people to live virtuous lives. Let me say something here. When we remove the Bible, we remove the moral compass. When we see the decrepity in our society, that's because of the push from the demonic woke agenda and those that don't like God, that hate God, and hate his ways, they want to push us a different direction. Their direction has no moral compass. What is their moral compass? There is none. When we adhere to the scripture, we see a successful person, both in this life and for all eternity. Our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We exude the fruit of the Spirit. It teaches us how to live. All right, we're going to continue this very important subject matter. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. PastorTodd.org is the website. We'll be right back. 
All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Todd Coconado Show. So thankful that you're here. 22 years after 9-11-2001. It's quite, quite remarkable to think that many years have gone by. One of my dear friends was there uh, as an NYPD, and um, he often recounts uh, the story. And uh, it's amazing how, uh, you know, we, we don't even treat those first responders the, with the honor that we should. You know, many of those folks have been battling because of the jabby jab, you know, to even get their uh, pensions, you know, because uh, the city of New York has been fighting because they didn't take it. I mean, it's just I can go through uh, a bunch of stuff in that aspect as we were involved in many of those fights in some capacity over the last couple of years. And uh, we gave out more. Uh, religious exemptions than I'd say about 99% of ministries around the country because we care so much about the folks and we just couldn't believe what was happening in our nation, our world. And yet um, we still see the infringement on religious liberty, freedom and the erosion of our constitution. And so, well, pastor, how's that have anything to do with what you're talking about today? Well, because when we take out the biblical framework work, which was the foundation and is the foundation of our society and why the United States has seen so much blessing and favor all the years, if you think about it, that we've been a nation, the, the tremendous blessing and favor that has been on our nation, that's because of the pact that was made that this nation would be a nation that, that stands for righteousness, that stands for the word of God. And our constitution was written to be very synonymous, in other words, to go along with what the scripture said. In fact, our founders believe, and, and this is so true, that our, our liberties, our freedoms are not given to us by man. They're given us by God, not by government. And uh, these are inherent rights of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And unfortunately, these rights are now being infringed upon, which is exactly what the founders didn't want to happen. And that is very much because we are moving away from biblical Christianity, and we're, we're getting into this, what they say, postmodern era, 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 excuse me, uh, where, you know, we're in this new time period where now we're, we're moving beyond. I mean, you get uh, false prophets like Yovar Noah Harari, who Barack Hussein Obama loves to listen to, and Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum, and these demonized people that are pushing a demonic agenda, and most people in the church are pretty much silent about UN Agenda 2030 and all these different things as they are continuing to roll these things out. They've already gone through Agenda 21, and now we're into Agenda 2030, and if you just want to understand where they're trying to take us, all you got to do is read the website of the World Economic Forum or listen to their own speeches. It's not, it's not like some conspiracy like they try to make it out to be. All you got to do is listen to what they're actually saying. You can literally report on exactly what these folks are saying they're going to do. And there's still a good portion of people that will put their hands over their ears in the church and say that's actually not happening. And that's exactly what happened in Nazi Germany when there was only a small contingent of folks that were willing to stand like Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And unfortunately, he paid the ultimate price, but he spoke truth. He actually had some pretty good uh, writings out there that he was trying to wake up the folks. People my whole life have said, well, how did that happen? And yet now I see in this time period that we're in exactly how it happened. And we are in a very similar type battle, but now they have more technology. Uh, they can censor, they can monitor 
technologically, digitally, and know what you're up to and put you in a digital ghetto. People like Alex Jones that were some of the first where they deplatform them and basically won't allow them to have a voice. Now, Alex has been able to go around the system and create his own platforms, and thank God for that. I really believe that man was a forerunner. You may not like him, but you know what? He spoke way more truth than CNN or MSNBC. And yet, if you say his name, you're, 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 you're mixed in with that. Oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Really, because all those things seem to be coming true. And yet, we have our hands over our ears in a lot of the church, and we shouldn't. So let's get back to this. The consistency across the text showed that there was continuity. Uh, there's a transformational impact. It has a profound impact. Number four, profound impact on individuals, cultures, societies throughout history. And its teachings have shaped moral and ethical systems that have inspired countless people to live virtuous lives. Number five, the Dead Sea Scrolls. The discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls in the mid-20th century is significant for biblical scholarship. These ancient manuscripts included copies of the Hebrew Bible, which is the Old Testament, dating back to around the time of Jesus. The remarkable similarity between the scrolls and later biblical texts suggests that the content of the Bible has been preserved with high decree, high decree of accuracy. In fact, it was like exactly the same. So that was something that the Lord allowed us to have so that we can see, because there's all these folks out there saying, it's been changed, it's been changed, it's not the way it was. Well, then there come the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the Dead Sea Scrolls actually show us, um, actually, no. It wasn't changed the way you're saying, because it's the exact same as what it says right here. And this is dating back to a time many, 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 many hundreds of thousands of years ago. Not hundreds of thousands, but thousands of years ago. So let me give you some evidence from the Bible itself in this segment. And this is going to be the divine origin and preservation to consider from the passages from the scripture. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, here's what it says. It says, all scripture is breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And this verse is suggesting, which is absolutely true, that the Bible is divinely inspired. What about in Isaiah 48, Isaiah 48, not 48, but 40, verse 8. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. It's telling us that there is an enduring nature of God's word. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a psalm, Psalm 119, 160. Psalm 119, verse 160. It says, your word is true from the beginning and every one of your righteous judgments endure forever. And this verse is underscoring the truth and the enduring quality of God's word. It is absolutely true. We've got to become lovers of the words, my friends, of the scripture. If we do this, we're going to be set up for success. Bible scholars and Christians are going to continue to argue because it's true that the Bible is the word of God based on historical accuracy on fulfillment of prophecies, on theological consistency, its transformative impact, and the preservation of texts like the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, and we should believe this because this is the truth. If you see through a biblical worldview, you are seeing through the truth. This is the actual situation in our world. 
And when we as Christians get through the doubt and we start understanding this is the reality, then we'll be set up for success. So I told you I'd go through some of the prophecies that have happened in the scripture that have been fulfilled. So let's do that right now. All right, so number one, we got the Messiah's birth place in Micah. Micah 5.2. It was prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, which was fulfilled when Jesus was born there in Matthew 2.1. Fulfillment of prophecy. Number two, the virgin birth. In Isaiah 7.14 foretold the virgin birth of the Messiah, which Christians believe, we believe, was fulfilled when Mary gave birth to Jesus. When did, where did that happen, Todd? Well, in Matthew 1, 22 through 23. Uh, there was a talk about a suffering servant in Isaiah 53. It describes a suffering servant who would bear the sins of many. Christians see this prophecy fulfilled in Jesus' crucifixion and the atonement for sins. It happened. It happened. What, what was said that was going to happen in Isaiah 53 did happen. What about the triumphal entry? Zechariah 9.9 predicted that the Messiah would enter Jerusalem on a donkey, which is exactly what happened when Jesus entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. That's Matthew 21, 4 through 5. That's pretty amazing, right? Think about that. Uh, you know, I mean, how do you predict something like this? What about the crucifixion and the details, you know, that happened during the crucifixion? In Psalm 22, it gave a vivid description of the crucifixion, including phrases like, they have pierced my hands and feet. And we know that this is a prophecy of Jesus' crucifixion. What about the resurrection? Yes. Psalm 1610 foretells that the Messiah's body would not see decay, that we know that that would mean that he would resurrect in Acts 2, 31. Here's a big one. Israel's restoration. Many Old Testament prophets, including Ezekiel and Jeremiah, predicted the return of the Jewish people to their homeland, which actually happened in the 20th century when there was the establishment of Israel as a nation. It's incredible. Uh, the fall of Babylon. Isaiah and Jeremiah both prophesied the fall of Babylon, which occurred when the Persian Empire conquered the city in 539 B.C. What about the destruction of Jerusalem? Jesus himself prophesied the destruction of the Jerusalem temple, which occurred in A.D. 70 when the Romans destroyed it. What about the Gentile nations recognizing God? In Isaiah 49, 6, you know, it, it foretells that God's salvation will reach to the ends of the earth, that Christians will see the spread of Christianity as the fulfillment of this prophecy. That's happening. I mean, I could go on and on and on, friends. There are so many things that are happening. Let's talk about end-time prophecies. The Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars. In Matthew 24, 6 through 7, Jesus spoke of wars and rumors of wars as signs of the end times. And many are pointing now to the ongoing conflicts and global tensions as fulfilling this prophecy. We are seeing this end time prophetic utterance occurring. What about natural disasters? In Matthew 24, 7, it also mentions famines and earthquakes and various natural disasters. And we are seeing an intensification from a statistical standpoint, which is undeniable that these things are actually happening. What about false prophets and deceivers? Why do you talk about false prophets so much? There was a woman that came up at the church 
And she asked me, she said, Pastor Todd, are you against prophecy? Do you not believe in prophets? I said, absolutely not. I said, I operate in the prophetic. I have many friends that operate in the prophetic. And for many, many years, we've been doing this. And I have not changed my stance. She says, well, why do you talk about false prophets? I said, because the Bible says there's false prophecy that's happening. And that would happen. And that's exactly what's happening. So I'm just a shepherd that's out here warning. Matthew 24, 11 warns of false prophets and false messiahs who would deceive many. And throughout history, there have been individuals that are doing this, but right now it's happening more than ever. And we as believers have to have discernment and wisdom on how to navigate this. And we've got to know the scripture. Extremely important. What about the persecution of believers? In Matthew 24, 9, it predicts the persecution of Christians, and we have never seen an uptick like we're seeing right now. Just think of Christians and our brethren that are in places like North Korea or China or some places where communism is the rule of their government, and and they hate biblical Christianity. They force the church underground, and now we're seeing it in the Western world as well. Of course, the reestablishment of Israel, globalization and communication, moral decline, a one-world government and religion, the great apostasy, the mark of the beast, which we're now seeing uh, the infrastructure of that being put together. (laughs) I mean, hello. All right, we're going to get into this more. Stay tuned. Uh, We got to go to a quick break. PastorTodd.org is my website. PastorTodbook.com is where you can get my new book. And we are going to get into the final segment of this important show, why we got to stick to the word of God. It is the truth. The truth sets the captive free. If you know the word of God, you know God. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Todd Cognato Show. So thankful that you're here. This is The Remnant www.todcoconado.com slash give is how you can help support this ministry. We need your help. We are in a David versus Goliath battle. And uh, I don't mention it too often, but uh, there's some massive mega organizations out there that are pretty silent in the Christian world. And then there's guys like us that are speaking the truth and setting people up for success. And for some reason, we don't have the funding like they do. So we really need your help. We're not going to bow down. We're not going to cave. We're not going to capitulate. We stand on the promise of God, uh, but we are in a war. As you know, we're in a war. All right, I was kind of going through things real fast before the end of the break there, but I want to get back to uh, number six, which is globalization and communication. In Daniel 12, 4, it speaks of an increase in knowledge and travel in the end times. That's happening right now, isn't it? Some interpret this as referring to the rapid advancement of technology, globalization, and the ease of communication in the modern era. Well, that's because it's true. Number seven, the moral decline. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, describes a list of horrible demonic behaviors and attitudes that will prevail in the last days. And people are arguing that this increasing moral decay and secularization, uh, sec- secular secularization excuse me of the society aligned with this prophecy they do it's what we talked about in the last segment the moral the moral compass is gone when you take away the scripture you take away the moral compass it's gone that's what's happening we've got to stand firm on the word of god it is the truth that sets the captive free i will keep saying that because the word does not return back void 
When you speak the word of God, it will not, it is a seed that's planted. It is truth. It is, it is righteousness that's literally planted in somebody's brain. And it, it's like a seed. It grows because it's truth and truth sets them free. That's what, that's what that means. So we got to speak the truth. We got to stand for the truth. Don't let them tell you to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. We will not. We will be like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and we'll stand. And there's another one in the fire. Uh, the one world government, global religion, Rev, uh, Revelation 13, 1 through 18, mentions a one world government, a false religion, and some speculate about the potential for global governance structures. Why would they speculate? It's absolutely true. And interfaith movements, interfaith movements where they, they try to get all the faiths together. No, we all pretty much mean the same thing. No, they don't. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son, Jesus Christ. You can't get there through Muhammad. You can't get there through whatever other means that you're trying to get there. It's only through Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. The only way to the Father is through him. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to give you an opportunity to accept him as your Lord and Savior, because if you do that, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It means eternally you will rule and reign with Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the answer to your problems. He's the only ultimate void filler. We'll do that in just a few minutes here. Number nine, the great apostasy. Second Thessalonians 2 through 3 speaks of a great falling away from the faith before the return of Jesus. Some believe this is happening right now. Yes, it is. People are leaving religion, faith, and they're, they're embracing secularism. They're embracing, instead of believing in God, they're, they're following government. I've heard so many people tell me about this over the last couple of years. Well, we trust the government. Why? Why would you try? I mean, do they have credibility to you? Because think of all the things that they've said over the years that have not happened. Or People put their trust in, in man is what they're doing. Mammon. Instead of in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The one who's actually been 100% accurate on everything, including the word, which is why we're having today's show. Number 10, there's the mark of the beast. In Revelation 13, 16 through 17, it describes this mark that people will be forced to receive in order to buy or sell. And speculation about this mark and its relation to the technology like microchips and biometric identifiers is becoming more and more widespread because we see uh, they're doing what the Bible says. It said that we would need some type of mark in order to buy or to sell. And now we're seeing the advancement of digital currencies and the talk about getting rid of paper currency. And we know, of course, that's their plan. So we have to note that these are very widely happening. These prophetic utterances that I went through some Old Testament things. I went through some... Some, some end time prophecies. This is what's happening. The scripture is coming to life before our eyes. And we can't sit this one out. We can't sit on the fence. Doesn't mean we go into a prepping shelter and go underground and just wait for God to return. That's not what we're saying. We occupy until he comes. This is what the scripture says we're supposed to do as end time believers. We're supposed to, number one, be watchful and ready. Jesus emphasized the importance of being spiritually alert and ready for his return. In Matthew 24, 42, he says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. We're encouraged to stay vigilant in our faith, to stand on our faith in the name of Jesus. Stand, stand, stand. 
Number two, faithfulness. End-time believers are called to remain faithful to God despite the trials and tribulations. In Revelation 2.10, it says, Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer and perseverance. In Luke 18.1, it teaches the importance of being persistent in prayer, and Jesus encourages believers to preserve, uh, you know, persevere in their prayer during challenging times. Having love and compassion. In Matthew 24, 12, Jesus warns that the love of most will grow cold in the end times. That's what's happening. Believers are called to maintain a spirit of love and compassion towards one another and others. Matthew 22, 39 and 1 Peter 4, 8. What about evangelism? Here's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go out and make disciples of the nations. That's the Great Commission. And it remains relevant for the end time believers. We are instructed to share the gospel and make disciples of the nations. We've got to have discernment. Number six, spiritual discernment. First John 4, 1 advises believers to test the spirits and discern false teachings and false prophets. Discernment is crucial in a time when deception is widespread. What about endurance? Revelation 14, 12, number seven, endurance. Revelation 14, 12. It speaks to the endurance of the saints, emphasizing the need for believers to persevere in our faith despite trials and persecution. We've got to maintain hope. Number eight, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, it provides hope for believers concerning the return of Christ and the resurrection of the dead. Maintaining hope in Christ's return is a central theme in end time teachings. Jesus is our hope. What about number nine? Holiness and purity. In the light of Christ's return, we're supposed to live holy and pure lives. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.22. We've got to abstain from every form of evil. We don't want to have those open doors. Number 10, community and fellowship. Hebrews 10.25 encourages believers not to forsake the assembling together. That's why they're trying to shut down the church. We can't allow it. Fellowship and mutual support with the faith community are vital. We've got to exhort and encourage one another. Storing up treasures in heaven, number 11, Matthew 6, 19 through 21, advises us to stay focused, storing up treasures in heaven rather than on earth and emphasizing spiritual priorities. Number 12, we got to trust in God's authority. In certain times, believers are reminded to trust in God's authority and not to be anxious for anything and all things through prayer and supplication, Philippians 4, 6 through 9. we got to give glory to God in the middle of it all. Watch for signs. Be watchful. Watchmen on the wall. Operating the Issachar anointing, number 13. While not obsessively fixating on signs, we're we're encouraged to discern the times and to be aware of the signs. That's Matthew 24, 32 through 33. We've got to approach these teachings with humility and understanding that interpretations of the end time events and scriptures could have a little bit of variance among our different denominations and groups of Christians, but the bottom line is remain faithful, vigilant, loving, while placing our ultimate trust in God's plan for the future. Friends, we've covered a lot today, but as end-time believers in Christ, as remnant warriors, as those who are willing to stand in the middle of the situation that we're in, no matter what, we're going to be victorious. No matter what, we're going we're gonna to persevere until the end, and we are on the winning team. We win It's a done deal. It's a fixed fight. We serve the God of heaven and earth. The adversary, Satan, is a fallen archangel. He's a defeated foe. He's under our feet. 
And so we've got to live with that reality. So listen, we've talked about a lot of things today. We just got about a moment left here, but I want to just give you an opportunity. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, so now now's the time. Listen, friends, we, we went through the scripture. We, we, we laid out the case that it's real. God is real. He wants you to be part of the body of Christ. He wants you to, to know him. So if that's you today, just say, Pastor, that's me. I give my heart to Jesus today. It's so important so important that's me just say yes to the lord open up your heart to him confess with your mouth believe in your heart that he is indeed the savior of this world he is true he is real he is living all right we love you you can reach out to me pastortodd.org we'll be back next week all right everybody thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast if you're listening to this that means you're listening to the podcast version of the broadcast or it's streaming on facebook or another streaming platform i just want to thank you so much for being a part of what god is doing here at the remnant he is moving he is on the move we're seeing extreme growth not not because we're becoming a mega church but no extreme growth because people are hungry and god is on the move in this late hour And he is connecting like-minded believers for such a time as this. He is raising up Esther's and David's in this hour. And so I'm so thankful that we found each other. And in order to support this broadcast, this is fully listener supported. We need your help. We're looking for partners that understand the vision of equipping the saints in this very important hour in, in connecting the remnant for what's to come and building the Underground Railroad for the remnant, establishing remnant revival centers around the nation and so much more. Please help us by going to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org, or you can go to www.toddcoconato, that's C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O, dot com slash give. That'll help us in this fight. This is a David versus Goliath fight, but we will win. We're on the winning team. Thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing here. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name.